0: Hey, what's up? This is the Legendary Tales podcast, where we tell you about awesome people, weird and mysterious things, fabulous places, all Mm -hmm. things that could be considered legendary. Northumberland. (laughs) And right now, back in the room with me is my own legendary co-host, who is conquered Hadrian's Wall. Conquered it. He has conquered Hadrian's Wall. Um, His name is Adam. I'm
1: a Roman legionnaire now.
0: My name is Isadora. Hey, guys. And he is officially back, having raised just over a thousand pounds for charity and still raising money. Yeah.
1: Um, Ben and I went and hiked Hadrian's Wall. I think we mentioned it in the last two podcasts, but if you didn't uh, catch those or haven't been really following us... What? (laughs) (laughs) If you haven't seen that or are new to the podcast, uh, Ben and I...
0: Hike. my husband ben
1: my cousin ben hiked the length of hadrian's wall and played 100 holes of golf along the way we called it the 100 miles 100 holes challenge aptly aptly named um, <laughs> and yeah, we finished it a couple days ago and it went really well yeah uh, we have a lot of awesome footage so we might be plugging some of that stuff on this instagram maybe
0: yeah knows? so if you're interested in golf hiking history raising money for charity being,
1: just being generally good people
0: go to the swingdom on instagram yeah, and have a look
1: podcast.com yeah. they both have links to the uk virgin money giving page which will be up until i believe the beginning of the yeah.
0: new year so that's what's going on in that
1: it was God, i think we forgot to mention it it was an aid of rowcroft hospice and the golf <laughs> foundation which are two charities that um everyone here at the the we the, love the longlands compound um we're totally on board with and obviously support very much and we wanted to give them a little bit of a hand because i think everyone's having a tough year
0: yeah it was also the inspiration for our episode this week yeah which was well loosely i don't Loose, know loosely
1: loosely based on locations i guess yeah british yeah but british
0: I history legendary so, british history yeah. i guess is what we're doing
1: yeah, but like, was it technically, I mean, what it was in Britain, what is now Britain. Yeah. Well, it was like, it was part of the empire.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, I kind of went off track. We were going to do British yeah. buildings, basically, or British
1: Constru- constructs,
0: constructs, but I went off topic. So now it's just British stuff.
1: No, it's just things in England.
0: <laughs> English things. Which
1: is, yeah, we're really good at that. Uh, we were we oh. once followed a very strict schedule. But, but
0: we do have the next two episodes laid out.
1: Yeah. Uh, so we noticed a, a jump in listeners from India. Yes. I mean, I don't think we've done an India-exclusive episode. No,
0: but we are really excited. So next week we're actually going to do... Um, in India specific. An
1: India-specific. An
0: India-specific couple of different legends based yeah. around India.
1: And then I think serendipitously... Uh, our, either our next episode or the episode after that is our 30th episode, and it also lands on the same week as Halloween, so we're probably going to do a creepy one, like a something yeah. that keeps you up at night sort of episode, and we're trying to... Figure out if we're going to live stream it, do something a bit different. Yeah,
0: we're going to try and do something really fun. Um, uh, but I have already decided what I'm going to do yes, for that week. I think
1: I have as well. Um, but I think we're trying to again keep it a little bit of a mystery from each other. But if you guys are interested in a live a live episode, if you yeah. tune into something like that, let us know um, because we live be, raw, unedited. We'd have to. We'd be happy to do something like
0: that. Yeah, or maybe we'll record it in the old house and oh, record yeah, that'd it be, somewhere creepy. Kind of cool. Don't know what we're going to do, but we've got some fun stuff coming down the line. Yeah. Um, and today, we're going to start off by Adam teaching us about the wall that he now has hugely intimate knowledge of. I,
1: I hiked Hadrian's Wall. Uh, if you didn't if you didn't hear, I did it. Um, 30 seconds
0: ago, he told you. 30 seconds
1: ago, I mentioned it. So I'm going to talk a little bit about Hadrian, the Roman emperor, a little bit about why the wall was built. And then I found one, a, a single ghost story, which is amazing because that wall is ancient. And the fact that there's only one ghost story attributed to it is sort of mind-boggling.
0: What's really interesting is that you've done all this research having walked it, not before you walked it, when you mm. could have got some first-hand like pleasure out of knowing this information. <laughs> well no,
1: because like, so the interesting, the interesting thing and maybe slightly unsatisfying thing about Hadrian's Wall, which I will get into a little bit later, is that on either end of the really cool bit the walls basically non-existent.
0: It's in a city on one end and- In a
1: city on the, the other, other end. end. And, and it got
0: destroyed basically to make way for-
1: It was either destroyed or some uh, they robbed of the stone. I think it was Henry II around that time yeah. when people started robbing stone from to the wall. To make way for- To build- Building to build buildings. houses yeah. and stuff. So I'll talk a bit about, about, about all of that stuff as well. Uh, but I'm gonna talk a bit about Hadrian first. Brand. He was a Roman emperor, if you can believe it. I think it was he's a Hadrian Augustus. Okay. Um- he succeeded Trajan. The, the other. I
0: like Trajan. Did Trajan's you? one of my favorites. Really? So, no, I have no idea. Okay, okay. great.
1: Wow. I, I thought that would have been Sorry. a bit strange. Um, so they were they were technically first cousins, and as Hadrian was growing up, he held some minor political power, which basically allowed him to move up in rank and kept him out of trouble until he eventually became emperor. He was a magistrate for a while. He was the liaison between Emperor Trajan and his Senate, which basically meant he acted as his ghostwriter. Apparently, he composed some of Trajan's speeches to the Senate, and he also would go and um, read them out to the Senate, because the emperor, obviously, I guess, didn't always meet with his Senate firsthand. He had someone to do that job. Obviously. Because I think that the the Roman emperor spent more time in the battlefield than other... Because I think Trajan... 'Cause at this time this was like when Rome was doing its big like,
0: I think it depends yeah, it depends on which emperor. part of the Roman Empire we're talking so about. So this would
1: have been the early one hundred like one hundred AD basically. Or like okay. the late ninety eighties. Um and I think that he was a he was a obviously Roman history is largely imperialistic and they were doing this big push into all different parts of Europe trying to conquer most of it. And I guess Trajan was just out in the battlefield, like like leading troops and stuff. So he had Hadrian do all this stuff for him. Uh, Hadrian then became a record keeper for the Senate. And during the first and second, Dacian? D-A-C-I-A-N? There's some wars that the the Romans fought. Trajan had him come out as his personal entourage um, and basically acted as his assistant out there. And then he, again, acted as a Legate? 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 He's a high-ranking military general, basically, and then he was the governor of Lower Pannonia for a a time. So he just kind of had this sort of general rise into power. Okay. So while Trajan... Trajan hadn't formally adopted Hadrian yet, Hadrian obviously being his first cousin, and and in order to be someone's heir in the Roman Empire, you had to be, like, direct...
0: Yeah, and and for those that... Don't have this random knowledge at their fingertips like what we do or I do, which is that in the Roman Empire, it was very common to adopt somebody. Yes. And they didn't have to be. It wasn't like they had to be a child. They could, in fact, be older than Mm -hmm. you. They could be related to you or not related to you. It really was just a way of basically singling them out as the person that would... I guess the nearest thing today would be to like marry somebody, yeah. So that then automatically that that person would become your next of kin, yes. Whereas they didn't have that kind of thing in the Roman Empire, so it's essentially designating somebody as your next of kin. Yeah.
1: So he Hadrian was already married to Trajan's niece at this point. I okay. Believe. Um, But that actually made him related to Trajan's wife, not Trajan directly. And so Trajan Uh, adopted Hadrian when he was in his 30s, basically. And was like, you're now my, yeah, exactly my next of kin. You will be emperor Mm -hmm. when I die. But it was a little bit trickier than that. There's some some Hmm. suspicious behavior going on. Uh, Specifically that when Trajan was on his deathbed, he had not yet named Hadrian his heir which apparently was really easy to do when you were dying. You basically oh, okay. had a deathbed wish. Okay. And you could just say, like, "I, Hadrian, you are my heir now. And then he was done. And then that was it. And then nice. you died and Hadrian was your next of kin. But yeah. he didn't do that. Okay. There was actually some paperwork that was signed, some adoption paperwork, which okay. I just, like, thought was really funny. Yeah. Um, But it was signed by Platina, uh, Trajan's wife, okay. a day after Trajan, Trajan died. died. Yeah, okay. And Hadrian wasn't even in... Rome at the time, he was in Syria or Iran or something. Like because he was off quite yeah. a bit traveling. And in order for the adoption paperwork to be legitimate, both parties had to be in the room. Okay. At the time. So like it's a bit suspect. Or, yeah. And Platina, I think it's funny that her name's Platina, because it has the word plot in it. Um she was related to Hadrian by marriage by way of her
0: niece certain, or whatever
1: or, or Yeah. whatever. Um so it would have benefited her for Hadrian to become the next emperor because otherwise when once her husband died, her family would have lost all of their political power. Yeah. yeah okay. So she so there's a bit of like suspicious.
0: Was there any reason that they didn't want that People liked Hadrian? That the other dude wouldn't have wanted him to be. Um,
1: it's not super clear. Okay, so um, it may
0: have just been he did legitimately didn't get around to it.
1: Yeah, there was some there was something that I read that suggested that uh Maybe there was some fear of, of Hadrian becoming, not like fear, but sort of like trepidation. Like they didn't-
0: You form. kind of don't announce it too early in case the dude yeah. gets inspired to kill you. Yeah,
1: exactly. Um, And there was a, apparently a period of time where it was during the wars mm-hmm. when he was acting as his personal assistant. Okay. He was awarded a a seat in the House of Plebs or something. Yeah. Like a year earlier than you normally would. Given okay seat. so it's sort of people think maybe he sent him away so he wouldn't become too ambitious okay but but the senate had like full support of hadrian becoming the emperor yeah like largely people did want him.
0: it was mostly paperwork yeah
1: it was just some weird yeah, yeah. bureaucratic stuff so right, hadrian is declared emperor and then there's some further controversy surrounding him he has four senate leaders unlawfully put to death because they didn't, because they specifically didn't want him to be emperor. And he unlawfully
0: was, put to death—that's a really nice way of saying murdered.
1: Yes, executed. <laughs> I think that I think it might have been like a public execution Because it would oh, have okay. been a public execution at the time, I guess.
0: Still, unlawfully put to death is a real political it's murder. term. Yeah, they, that's a really political term.
1: He had them murdered because they didn't support him. Because they didn't support him, he denied it. But it never, it never cleared in the Senate. It was very sort of suspicious okay. of him after this point. Um, he would actually go on to execute two more senators later in his life because he was worried they were trying to overthrow him, whether or not there was actually any evidence of that.
0: So not not, not someone you want to be friends he, with necessarily. He have the
1: cleanest record, okay. but there are some
0: things that- But it I, was Rome.
1: It was Rome. The Romans did this stuff all the time.
0: Yeah, I mean, unbelievably. I can't, <laughs> as a society that was considered, you know-
1: the, and like, the, like a highly sophisticated, enlightened, yeah. They did a lot of murder.
0: A Lot of legitimate murder. Lots
1: of murder. Uh, another controversy that he had was that he abandoned Rome's imperialist expansionist policies, which people weren't a fan of. Like, they, they people wanted Rome to become yeah. the empire of. Yeah. They wanted Rome to rule the world, but Hadrian believed more in building a stronger Rome in Rome. Okay. Um, Trajanat, like I mentioned, had like all the other emperors had been leading large militaristic campaigns yeah. pushing the borders of Rome. And Hadrian said, we need to step back, like, make sure that we are stay- Established base. Yeah, here. Um, which, like, eh, that's kind of fun.
0: From what I do know about Roman history is a lot of them lost quite a lot. Like, mm. the Romans weren't always undefeated. Because
1: at this point as well, they were pushing into northern Britain, where, yeah. the, where the wall would eventually be built, and they were losing quite a few battles up there. Yeah. The Scots were like, don't. Not allowed in here. Like we don't want you here. Please, please go away. Yeah. He also had no natural born heirs. We're gonna get to the end of his life, and then we're gonna get to the wall. Okay. He died at the age of the ripe old age of sixty two.
0: That's quite old in Roman.
1: After adopting Antonius Pius and Lucius Aelius, uh, Pius had Hadrian deified um, after I he died. I feel
0: like I actually know something about this too, but I can't figure out what. So Pius, yeah,
1: who Hadrian adopted he adopted under the stipulation that Pius would then adopt Marcus Aurelius okay. as his heir okay. when the time came. Marcus Aurelius, the famous Roman philosopher, yeah. who I only know as a philosopher. I don't actually know him as a Roman emperor, but I think that he was. Um, so that's pr- that, okay, that might maybe. be why you know maybe. his name. But the word pious, I mean, that yeah, that's, I guess so. I think it's actually
0: Lu- Lucas Aelius. Was that the other one? Lucius,
1: Lucius Aelius, I think
0: that name really rings a bell.
1: I didn't go into them very much. They he adopted them at the end of his life, cool to, to do yeah. the same thing that Trajan they all did. Adopted him to do, yeah, exactly. So he stopped the sort of militaristic
0: imperialism
1: yeah. of Rome at the time, but he didn't stop trying to increase Roman influence in, in the empire. Okay. He spent a lot of time outside of Italy traveling. He, he went all over the place. Um, sort of, he personally, apparently subsidized like for uh holy, like holy homes for, for, for temples and, okay. and things like that. So he sort of, I think it must've just been a way to try to, established centers of religion in places like missionary
0: I, work basically. Yeah, but
1: like but it was already but it, I don't know if it was outside of where people were already
0: like Christianity really hadn't hit England at no, this
1: point. No, cuz I think he he actually mm. built he rebuilt the Pantheon. Okay. Um so he was very much into the Greek.
0: My actual Roman, Roman history as it doesn't relate to the UK is very very slim.
1: Yeah. Um but yeah, but your your Roman knowledge concerning the UK is astronomical.
0: Although my Roman knowledge of Hadrian's Wall is actually fairly slim.
1: Mine as well. Cool. Um,
0: we'll learn together. So he
1: Yeah, so he actually rebuilt the Pantheon. Um, okay. Yeah, Christianity not yet being a thing, really. Okay. They we're still really into the Roman gods. So yeah. I think he was just trying to, trying to establish centers of culture yeah. so that Rome could become yeah. Rome, I guess. Uh, a lot of the traveling involved going into what was then Britannia, okay we will well, like is britain basically yeah. um because they were because like you said roman was losing quite a bit in that area yeah they were they were largely they were losing battles to to what they called to the people they called barbarians
0: yeah w- yeah england did a lot of uh guerrilla warfare yes
1: there were there were also massive rebellions all the time like all over the north of england specifically mm-hmm. So he says he wants to. He goes, "We're going to build a wall. like. We're going to build a wall. Like, I don't want to keep pushing into into what is now Scotland. Yeah, I want to protect Rome and separate Rome from the. I think Picts. Okay. the Picts specifically. Yeah, died, the Pictish tribe. Picts and the Scots. Um, we're actually
0: going to talk a lot about that in history through a house. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, in the next few weeks. Great. So if you are interested in this topic,
1: a little bit more in in depth,
0: we're actually going to do. We have another his uh, podcast called History Through a House, which we've been on hiatus from. But it's coming back, which is exciting, yeah. and it's an in-depth look at the history of Britain, and we have just about reached this point. This point yeah. in history in England.
1: So they're gonna, yeah, they're gonna build a wall for a few reasons. Because he wants to stop pushing forces into the north, yeah. and because building a wall is cheaper than paying a large army.
0: Okay. Well, yeah. Okay.
1: So the construction of the wall begins in 122 AD. Um, okay. Uh, wait, was what is that BCE? the common era, no, it's common era. It's CE, CE, CE. Um, so yeah, and it takes about six years to complete. Okay. He actually doesn't see the completion of Hadrian's Wall.
0: Was it completed?
1: Sort of. Okay. Um, I think they got to like Newcastle, what is yeah. now Newcastle on Tyne, and like sort of stopped because the river was there or something. Okay. So a little bit of uh, just talk a bit about the construction of the wall. It's 73 miles long, and it goes from the River Tyne in the east all the way to Solway Firth in okay. the west. It's interesting because Ben and I hiked the trail west to east. Okay. We started on Sol- on Siliphon, yeah, Solway yeah, yeah. and then hiked to the Tyne River. Yeah. But everyone who talks about it talks about it from east to west. And I'm not sure if that's because that's how it was constructed, because I that wasn't super clear. That's weird. We
0: never really discussed which way you would hike it. It was just...
1: So every itinerary website that we went to before... Yeah. Discussed starting in Newcastle, and I don't know why. I mean, there's oh, a big sweet. Roman fort there. It, it, the trail, the wall, technically ended at Segundinum. Segundinum. okay. Uh, Roman military fort thing. Okay. Which we 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 did stop at at uh, the end of our hike, and they have a really cool like recreation of a Roman villa, village village. Oh, cool. Um, and like the old foundations for like longhouses and stuff. So it's yeah. pretty neat. But that's so that's where it would have ended, and then it would have ended in like Sillith.
0: Oh, okay. Side.
1: Okay. The dimensions of the wall, just like very quickly, uh, vary from three to six meters wide. So it's actually a, it's a, I didn't realize how wide the wall was. I could have comfortably like laid across it in most, in most sections and, and had like left, like leftover length.
0: That's interesting because I saw some of the video footage and some of it looked huge and some of it looked... Was it fairly uniform?
1: No. It, okay. It, it was, it, so it was wider in the west okay. than it was in the east, I think based on how far it was from the ditches maybe, or it might have just been that they had more resources in, okay. in those
0: areas. Or they needed more defense.
1: Yeah. Um, and then it also it varied from 6 meters to 3.5 meters tall. Okay. So again, fairly fairly tall wall. Okay they built a vallum immediately to the south which is the latin word for a wall but it's actually a ditch okay so they had like they had if you look at sort of a cross section of approaching mm-hmm. the wall from like if you were to cut it yeah this way and then separate it this way they there was a ditch that they built and then an embankment the yeah. wall and then a a bump okay the vallum and then another bump the vallum was uh, also like a military road, so I think that's how they got like their carriages along. Oh, okay, Because right. there was a footpath on the wall that the mm-hmm. soldiers walked. Um, but I think in order to move more like heavier transportation and stuff, they used the vallum. Yeah. And I think it was also if people did get over the wall, which I don't know how they would have, especially in like the parts, I think it's called the windsill, um, which is the craggy bit where Dan yeah. took all that really cool drone footage. It was, it's like, at some points, it's like an 800 foot climb up us up like a sheer phase to this wall. I
0: think it's really interesting because I imagine a lot of our listeners, as we've discussed, are not British. Mm. There's quite a lot of people. Most of our listeners are from the States. Yeah. And there's a huge growing listenership in India, which is really cool. But if you've never stood at the bottom of a ditch and looked up a wall and thought about how you're going to climb up. Yeah. It's It's insane. It's insane. There's a castle in York, which is very close to where my mother was born, and it's a tower on the top of a hill. It's a really mm. cool thing. And it's been the site of many tragedies. Um, but if you stand at the bottom of that hill and you look up at the tower, yeah, it's not even, I mean, compared to the wall, it's not a wall. Yeah. It's just a tall hill. Yeah, And you think, good God, trying to climb up that.
1: Mm-hmm. while you're being bombarded
0: yeah it would just be impossible yeah
1: and even in the parts where it wasn't where the wall wasn't built on a cliff essentially a cliff face mm-hmm. there was still a ditch to the north yeah and, and even if the ditch was only like it'd be like a four foot drop down and mm-hmm. then like maybe a two foot but you're still like it's a lot it's yeah and and then with heavy
0: armory and
1: and then you'd have a a three meter wall in front of mm-hmm. you so you can see why it would be an effective yeah. way of for, for Rome to keep the, the barbarians out of. Yeah.
0: And that is really important to remember about Hadrian's Wall is it was not, I think everybody thinks it was to keep, it it was to keep the Scots from the Romans, yeah. not to keep, not to help the Romans out
1: no, in invading. And, it, and they describe when they described it, it wasn't meant to be a, a show of military strength. It was a show of political strength. It was like, we're going to make Rome and we're going to build a wall around Rome. Like, it wasn't meant to be like a threat, yeah, to the Scots. It was like we're we're protecting Thank ourselves. Thank you. You or, stay
0: yes, there. We'll, we'll stay we'll here. Stay here, exactly. In civilized world, you stay there. In- and <laughs> uh,
1: there were mile castles built every Roman mile. A mile castle is essentially just a guard t- tower, but it could house like several dozen guards. Okay, they were really cool. There, uh, there's a lot of the foundations, especially yeah. in the, the middle the middle section. Um. I mean, that looks like they'd be relatively uncomfortable to live in now if you were like an average man's height. Uh, I think even like the average woman would be uncomfortable in those buildings because I think they were quite a bit shorter in the Roman times. Um, and they also built just like towers, okay, straight up towers, um, and then full-sized forts that would house like much larger armies. So like Bertilwald, um was one, and then I think the other one was like Farna Castle or something. Okay, and You can visit both of those places. Along the way they have like visitor centers. For and those stuff. that are
0: thinking this is all very Games of Thrones, that's exactly what this is. Oh, it is. Yeah. Um Yeah, Have you only just put that together. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh so okay. Uh, <laughs> um in yeah. Game of Thrones they had obviously the Night's Watch yeah. like yeah. main fort base, but then they had towers along it. And it was exactly the same promise in Game of Thrones was to you keep the night walkers out. Keep the night well, and keep the just keep the, basically the barbarians on one side yeah, and, exactly. the and them on lens. the other.
1: Wow, thanks George R.R. Because I forgot that he's English. Yes. Um, and so obviously he's going to draw inspiration from English history. Huge
0: amounts. In um, fact, even what I'm talking about, I think there's about hundred parallels between yeah. this and Guindians. So I, now Prince. I need to reread those books. Um, yeah, with an idea with, of English history. Yeah, with a, with a
1: more clear idea. Uh, the wall is most well-preserved in the wind sill, which is the area I was just talking about, because it was too difficult for people to walk up there and steal the stone. Okay. Because a wall can't exist for 1,300 years in one place, and it just can't, it didn't, it can't, and it didn't. Okay. Um.
0: <laughs> but it did. It's still there. It well, in some <laughs>
1: sections, but in a lot of sections, it's, it's just not there anymore. Yeah. So, in Carlisle, we walked past the Lanarkast Priory, which was... Our construction started in 1169.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It was dedicated to Mary Magdalene, which was apparently very odd at that point in time.
0: I think that might be the basis of Dan Brown's book. But yes, carry on. It's true. Oh, do you say that?
1: It is true. It's uh, yeah. The 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 priory was dedicated to Mary Magdalene.
0: Yes. Which wait, which
1: book? But
0: I think the Da Vinci Code talks about. No, I need to read that book. again. I think the Da Vinci Code talks about. I don't think it was that church, but. The church is ded- dedicated to Mary Magdalene because, you know, in the Da Vinci Code, the idea being that she was in fact Jesus's wife, oh, and yeah, all yes. his children.
1: Yeah, yep, yeah, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. Um, in the 13th century, the priory was constructed with bits of the wall. There's like there's so apparently in the in the wall they would inscribe when when people came, like when important yeah. generals came. Yeah, and you can find one of those stones in the priory. Wall.
0: That's really normal. Is that a really
1: Roman thing to do? Or is it like a really Uh, like... No, it's
0: really normal for Romans to graffiti everything. The Romans graffitied like everything. Okay. Um, But no, it was really, really normal to nick stone Mm. from buildings and rebuild other buildings with it. because it was
1: just more efficient than coring the stone again.
0: Yeah. In fact, if I take Rome itself, most of those buildings, I think including the Colosseum, would have at some point been totally clad in marble. Okay, And then over the years... The marble was nicked off the Coliseum yeah. to build other buildings around there.
1: Yeah. Uh, the Priory's proximity to the Scottish border made it a target during the the War of Scottish Independence. Another building that was constructed from bits of the wall is Drumberg Castle, um, which isn't really a castle. It's okay. just a big, like, state house. Okay. It's really nice. You walk right past it on oh, the trail. Cool. And there's a sign that says, this used to be the wall, but it's a house now. Oh, okay. And it is a nice house. I think to the- I'd rather see a house than the wall, to be honest. Okay.
0: I'm
1: probably with you um, on that. Built sta- of uh, red sandstone, which is how they know that it came, yeah. it came from the wall. So that's, uh, that's Hadrian and the wall, basically. Um, um,
0: okay, for those, I think this is worth clearing up because it's come up a few times. Hadrian's wall is not built at the border between England and Scotland. No, it is not. And that's um, a fallacy. Uh, you want to talk about legends? Yeah. That is a little fallacy that is fairly legendarily it's built, believed. So it's
1: like So on the west end, I believe it's four miles from the Scottish border. And at the east end, it's at like seventy miles from yeah. the Scottish border. They just built the wall
0: at where it made sense. Yeah, where they'd push to. Right, there's actually
1: another wall in the north. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's called the Aureli- I think it's Aurelius or something. Okay. wall, and it's just a northern wall.
0: Yeah, because at some point they did push past Hadrian's Wall. Yeah. Um, and they actually built. Uh, they had a stronghold further north of Hadrian's Wall. The Romans. And then they fell back to Hadrian's Wall a yeah, bit later. Yeah, that wall not as
1: well known because I think again it didn't. I don't oh. know. I don't know if they were there for less time or whatever. But uh, yeah, so there's there's actually two walls, and it's not actually on the border of Scotland. No,
0: there you go. Two legends that Adam has disproved.
1: Yeah, yeah, legends are stupid. <laughs> um, right, and so I wanted to sort of bring this bring it back and have like a, a fun story um, to go with the wall, because I, I realize that sometimes just getting a bunch of information like that can be a little bit dry. Okay, so I tried to find um, something a little fantastical to end my segment on, which was a not oh. difficult to do because there's one sort of prevalent legend, I guess, associated with Hadrian's wall, but it's like, it's there's one. You thought there'd be more. I thought there'd be a multitude. Yeah. there's just the one and it's relating to mile castle 42. Uh Caulfield's Mile Castle. Okay. Uh, which is apparently just a, some haunted Roman structure. We actually walk you walk past it on the wall. It's an old mile, it's an old mile castle. It's a guard tower basically. Did
0: you think it was haunted when you walked by it?
1: No, because I think it was which is which is interesting because I think we walked past it at like eight o'clock. So it would have been pitch dark when we walked past it.
0: Um you didn't see any torches burning in the windows. no, it's
1: haunted by a the ghost of a Roman soldier oh. who is named Lucius, because everyone in Rome was named Lucius. Or Augustus. Or Augustus. I'm um, actually wouldn't have been called Augustus because that's a title, isn't it?
0: I don't know if Augustus was a title. I think it is. Okay. I think
1: it's the same thing as like Caesar. Okay. Um, right. Yeah. So it's haunted by the ghost of Lucius. Apparently, enough people have seen it that they've sort of created this backstory. Okay. So the backstory is Lucius was a Roman legionnaire, and he fell in love with a a Briton girl, which is no good. Oh. And that's a big no no. Uh, whose brother was a smuggler, and his, his he basically smuggled goods across. The wall okay. from Rome into Britain to 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 help out the Britons. At some point, the brother gets captured, and uh, when he's captured, he goes, "That's that guy. He he's the one who, you know, because yeah, his, okay. his sister got close to Lucius to give information to her brother.
0: Okay, so, so he then dubbed his in. Yeah, brother and Lauren brother, not, not in law, but... just
1: just uh, some schmuck." Yeah. Um and Lucius is so ashamed that he's betrayed the Empire that he kills himself, uh, which dooms his ghost to haunt the Mile Castle forever. Um, and apparently his ghost hovers around the height where the the wall would have been built. So it looks like he, I guess it looks like he's walking along the wall. And there is actually a picture. Normally when I see pictures of like photographs of, yeah. of ghosts, they're just like, I'm like, that's that's nonsense. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a like a it, it it's probably just some swamp gas cuz i think there's a marsh like down the like, okay. down the gully from um and it's probably has something to do with the fact that i think as well there's it's either the marsh or there's a lake i'm sure that's just light refracting off uh-huh, of something uh-huh, silly uh-huh. um but it looks a lot like a roman legionnaire um if you look at the picture
0: oh okay uh
1: so that was kind of cool but that, yeah. was, that that's like it. it's just like a, a, a unrequited love oh that's sad a uh, ghost who got duped by some by some horrible british
0: God, these damn Brit- British women.
1: Brits are Brits are awful.
0: So, damn British women. So
1: that's uh, that's that's a little bit of Hadrian's Wall. Oh, and the wall. This is interesting. So I know Rome was big into the slavery thing. Yeah. The wall was not built by slaves. Oh. Apparently, uh, skilled Roman masons actually put the wall together.
0: Well, that makes. I guess
1: they wouldn't have. They wouldn't have <sighs> trusted the slaves to do a good enough job, so they had their masons do it.
0: That's interesting because mm. you would have thought that they would have just trained the slaves to do the jobs well and then not paid them to do it.
1: Yeah, but they didn't. I was I was surprised by that fact. Well,
0: I don't. I, I not don't gonna, think I'm I not have. Gonna,
1: gonna, a... I'm not going to say good job. I don't have a have, comment because they just. Interested. I don't have
0: a comment. Okay, it wasn't built by slaves.
1: Yeah, that's it. Just interesting because I I was like the whole time we were walking, I was like, yeah. oh, it's really sad. Like, I slaves probably died building this wall. They died building other stuff for the Romans. Just Instead, not
0: the just yep. not the wall. Just not the wall. Okay. Well. So there you go. Good for them.
1: I'm not. Yeah, I was gonna say I was. Gonna, I I didn't say I'm not gonna say good for the Romans because they still did have slaves. But
0: no. Okay. But cool. That's that. Well, I like it, <sighs> and you will be contributing to my history Through Your house thing. Oh, okay. About Hadrian's Wall because we're gonna do it. Because why not? It's a good way to bring us back in. Yeah. Okay, so I did, I said I was going to do Hampton Court Palace, which for anyone that's ever met me knows oh, yeah, is like my favorite that. place in the whole wide world. Um, but I did, I, I then was like, well, honestly, it feels, honestly, it felt too unspecific because I know so much about Hampton Court Palace mm-hmm. that I thought that just seemed too vague a topic for me to do. So I was like, well, I'll do Anne Boleyn's Ghost at Hampton Court Palace. hmm which I let me be real clear, my history degree did not include me studying ghosts, so I didn't really know much about it, and I thought, well, that'd be interesting, it's legendary, it's something I enjoy, yeah. Also turns out I got it wrong, because while she does haunt Hampton Court, that's not really the major place she haunts, and she is not the ghost that everyone talks about haunting Hampton Court. Oh. So now we've got two topics at hand. One which is... Two ghosts. Two ghosts. Well, I'm going to tell you a bit about Anne Boleyn, because she is a pretty legendary British historical figure. Mm. I feel that she has to be one of the most famous British queens of all time. Doesn't she have a movie? Well, there's a movie called The Other Boleyn Girl, which we'll get to. Oh, which is
1: not about Which
0: is not about Anne. But um, she's pretty... I think she's pretty legendary
1: i don't know anything about her and she haunts a lot of stuff that's cool so not many not many places are haunted by the same ghost
0: yeah she gets around
1: <laughs> she, she really travels a <laughs> she lot.
0: really travels this ghost so let me tell you about anne boleyn okay there is an amazing website called the anne boleyn files oh
1: uh, that sounds helpful for this, for this particular to, topic
0: yes and they are obsessed with anne boleyn mm-hmm. it's a uh, thorough website okay like to the extent that i they've i mean it's got so much information
1: like too much information
0: fractionally nerdy and that's coming from a person with a degree in history
1: (laughs) oh yeah you wrote your dissertation on a building
0: yeah um and then another website called englishhistory.net and a few others like chasing the tudor trails and
1: i used wikipedia <laughs> and that
0: was it. <laughs> uh, chasing the teacher trails and stuff like that, but mainly the Amblerin files and English history. Don't know. Okay. Um, I am going to start off with a letter in true legendary nice, tales nice. fashion. Don't mess it up. I am going to read you a letter written by pretty much England's most famous king, Henry the Oh
1: boy! He and was I the choppy one, right? The choppy one.
0: Yes, and Amberlynn, unfortunately, was one of the chopped. One of the (laughs) chopped. It is absolutely necessary for me to obtain this answer, having been for above a whole year stricken with the dart of love and yet not sure whether I shall fail of finding a place in your heart and affection which last point has prevented me for some time calling you my mistress, because if you only love me with an ordinary love, that name is not suitable for you, because it denotes a singular love which is far from common. But if you please to do me the office of a true loyal mistress and friend and do give up yourself, body and heart to me, who will be and have been your most loyal servant if your rigor does not forbid me, I promise you that not only the name shall be given you, but that also I will take you for my only mistress, casting off all others beside you out of my thoughts and affections and serve only you. I beseech you to give an entire answer to this, my rude letter, that I might know on where and how I might, far I may depend. And if it does not please you to answer me in writing, appoint some place where I may have it by word of mouth, and I will go hither with all my heart, no more for fear of tiring you, written by the hand who would willingly remain yours. Henry.
1: How many times do you think he said that to women? <laughs> I'm just thinking, like, you, if you read a letter like that, especially the part where it says, I will get rid of all of my other mistresses, all the other <laughs> women I sleep with, just to have you forever, I think I would read that and go, I
0: don't, I don't, I don't think so. Well, I'm going to tell you a little bit about Anne Boleyn, but there is a reason why she is uh so famous Uh and part of it is that she got this letter and she was like uh no oh
1: okay (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
0: she was like no that doesn't actually thanks but that doesn't work for me so she was born possibly somewhere between 1501 to 1507 okay uh no birth there's no actual birth date for him, her. I think most people think 1501 or 152, but sometimes maybe a bit later. She was born at Bickling Hall in Norfolk. Mm-hmm. Her father was Thomas Boleyn, who was a minor, minor courtier. And...
1: What is that position? Yeah.
0: He was invited to court, uh-huh. so he was in the proximity of the king, uh-huh. but he wasn't, like, a friend of the king.
1: Okay. And he didn't have, like, a title either.
0: No, okay. he was not, like...
1: He was just like a, like not a, I guess you wouldn't even call that person a royal, would you? Like a minor or something or other, right?
0: Like he just was allowed into the palace. He was just the guy then, okay? He was just, he had some Great. money. Okay, that probably problem. Um, he had some money because he was a merchant. Uh, so, but then he actually married Elizabeth Howard, who was daughter of the second Duke of Norfolk and sister of the third Duke of Norfolk. So he then married someone that gave him a legitimate reason to be a yeah, court. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So.
1: That's the way to do it.
0: At this point, Henry VIII, well, not at this point, but so he then had a couple of, he had some kids. He had three kids.
1: Henry did.
0: No, Thomas. Okay. Thomas Boleyn. He had Mary, mm-hmm. Thomas, mm-hmm. and Anne. Anne. Um, And he had three kids in pretty quick succession. Okay. Um, And they grew up. Okay. <laughs> So they're busy growing up. Actually, interestingly, uh, Henry VIII had married his youngest sister to the King of France. Uh So the princess had been married to the King of France. And Anne was actually sent with her her as a lady-in-waiting and actually got raised in France. Okay. um, Where she, the French are famous. uh, This is a quote. This education had a uniquely French emphasis upon fashion and flirtation. Okay. So, she was off doing this in France. Henry's older brother died. Henry was never supposed to be king. Mm -hmm. So he was second in line. Okay, His older brother died, and he then married his older brother's wife. Okay. Okay?
1: Yeah. I'm on on board. I'm following. I'm not on board, but I am following. Catherine of Aragon. Okay.
0: So... Henry's brother was actually very young when he married Catherine of Aragon. They got married, and she said they never consummated the marriage okay. before he died, so it didn't count. So it didn't count. Okay. So Henry said, okay, since it didn't count, but politically this was a really good alliance. Mm-hmm. I'm going to marry her okay. instead. Yep. Um, She was also really, really well loved in England, Catherine of Aragon. She was like, she was a Spanish princess, I believe, but she had from day one like really integrated herself with the British. Populance, yeah. And she was very, very popular. She was quite pious. She was sweet. Like mm-hmm. No one really had a bad word to say about her. Except for Henry. No, even he didn't have a bad <laughs> word to say about okay. her. She just failed to pop out a son. So he married mm-hmm. her, and she had Princess Mary, who grew up to be Queen Mary. Yeah. and But she she kept not giving him a son. And pretty much Henry's singular obsession in life was to get a son. Mm-hmm. So... He then came pretty convinced. And we talk a lot about putting stuff in historical context. And by the way, I recognize I have notes, but I do know most of the stuff really just very much by heart. Mm -hmm. They don't know that you have notes. That's (laughs) true. (laughs) Uh, To put it in historical context, this was a point where witchcraft was a real thing, and that's very important as we come up. But, you know, there was a lot of superstition. And it did say in the Bible that you shouldn't marry your husband's wife. Okay. Your brother's wife. Like, yeah. that was actually. You shouldn't marry, marry your, your husband's wife. <laughs> uh, you shouldn't marry your brother's wife, or, you know. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Henry basically. It's
1: weird that they probably would have known that beforehand. Was he. Was they did. He, and he, he applied by- for
0: special dispensation from the Pope okay. to be able to marry her anyway. Okay, okay. And which came back really to kind of bite him in the, bite butt. Him in the butt. So, he's married to Catherine of Aragon, and she keeps. Not having a son. not having a son she has a daughter and she has a lot of miscarriages and it's all pretty miserable yeah so he starts playing away from home okay which i suspect he'd probably done from the very beginning but he hooks up with mary boleyn okay who is the other Boleyn girl yeah who is Anne's sister yeah. who is in theory much prettier okay. um <laughs> so he hooks up with mary she gives in pretty quick um starts having an affair with him physical affair with him yeah he eventually gets bored, marries her off to another boring guy, and ships her off. Yeah. Okay. Then he meets Anne. Okay. Somewhere in this, depending, go watch the movie. That's not historically accurate, but telling it way better than I am telling it currently. Uh, he meets Anne, and he is totally bewitched by Anne. Mm-hmm. Still married to Catherine. Mm-hmm. Okay, and he is like, well, as you could tell from this that letter. A
1: a creepy sex pervert. Creepy
0: sex pervert, (laughs) totally in love with her. Like, wants to bed her.
1: Yeah, immediately.
0: Immediately. This might not be the most PG episode we've done. But...
1: (laughs) Slap an explicit tag on it. It's not
0: explicit, but he he has to have her. Yeah. Um,
1: How romantic.
0: And she just basically repeatedly says no. At one point, he sends her away. He's like, you know what? If I send her away... She'll realize she was wrong and she'll want to come back to court. And she just repeatedly is like, nope. Because she'd seen her sister go through it. Yeah. And she knew what would happen. Yeah. She knew that she would just eventually be disgraced and married off to someone else. Mm. However, the very fact of the matter is, Henry was married. And this was a point where there was no such thing as divorce. Right. So he then applied to the Pope and said, look, I married my brother's wife. Shouldn't have done that.
1: No, you told me that I could.
0: (laughs) Pope replies well, you asked me. I said it was fine. I can't now go back and change my mind again. So suck it.
1: Yeah.
0: And Henry then decided to kill everybody. Yeah. Because that is how,
1: That's how you handle Henry
0: problems. rolls. Uh, so he decided to set up his own church.
1: This is why you have the Church of England. This right? is why we
0: have the Church of England. So there's this big thing called um, the Solutions of the Monasteries mm. where he actually starts saying that all the monks and everyone are having affairs and uh, uh, stealing money and stuff like that. Yeah. He starts ransacking all the monasteries, which is why there's so many destroyed ruins and monasteries in the UK. Okay. He uh, writes to the Pope and says, basically, unless you grant me this thing, all done for
1: Anne. A- Anne, who has no interest in him anyway.
0: Oh, she, trust me, she's writing back with her own versions of, yeah. oh, I love you, but I'm never gonna marry you until <laughs> it's real. Oh, um boy. and she writes to wolsey a lot um wolsey is the person who originally built hampton court palace okay so she's writing to wolsey a lot and saying kind of like help me out with this um while wolsey's building hampton court palace Wait,
1: was this person a, like another historian? cardinal oh cardinal
0: Cor- sorry cardinal wolsey okay i forget that i feel like these people are personal friends yeah you,
1: cause you did just say wolsey i was like is that a nickname
0: no, no no cardinal wolsey so he is like the main liaison between the king and the pope okay and she writes there's a lot of letters that you can read from her basically begging him to make her a legitimate okay. wife so she did want to marry the king everyone wanted. i mean why wouldn't you want to marry the king and at this point you haven't started killing them all <laughs> so uh, i mean stuff goes back and forth wolsey eventually ends up dead too because, because it,
1: henry has him killed yes okay
0: um I think it turns out that Wolsey was trying to actually get the divorce so that he could marry Henry off to another girl from France, a princess from France that he wanted Henry to marry.
1: Okay. A lot of stuff.
0: There was a lot. I mean, this is Game of Thrones time. Yeah, yeah, This is like when the Game of Thrones time was set. Yeah. Anyway, eventually he wins. And he divorces Catherine, ships her off to a nunnery, um, delegitimizes Mary, Mm -hmm. who at this point is, I think, like,
1: Three.
0: <laughs> no, she's like seven or eight at this point. Okay. She's not like a little girl. Yeah. And
1: where does she end up going? Or does he does she stay with him? She just isn't
0: <laughs> So she eventually gets put in. It's like a lady in waiting to Elizabeth, who's mm-hmm. Anne's daughter.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So Anne, Anne and him get married yeah. and she pretty much immediately pops up a baby. Yeah. Like very soon. Oh yeah. Like, like too soon. <laughs> yeah. So um one of the things that's written here is that um Oh, the king's attraction was focused on her sharp and teasing manner and her off stated unavailability. Basically what he wanted, what he couldn't have. Yeah. So they actually, I think there's a thing somewhere in here about how they might have had a secret wedding hmm. fairly quickly. Yeah. Um, And then she popped out. Baby. Baby. So in, two, in 1527, Anne was basically legitimized as a mistress i think in okay. 1527 so she started getting jewels and going around with mm. henry as his so initially he really didn't want to flaunt her as a mistress because he didn't want the church thinking that he was just divorcing catherine to marry anne yeah and then by kind of nineteen fifteen twenty seven, 1527 this was you'd given up on that given up and a lot of people really didn't like Anne. Mm-hmm. Like, they not only did they like Catherine, but she, Anne Boleyn, was famously... Oh, not, it's really hard, because mm. a lot of what you read about her is written by people...
1: Who liked Catherine?
0: ...who didn't like her. Okay. But she must have had something pretty much going for her, because a lot of people did a lot for her. But there was a night guy, the Imperial Ambassador, Eustace Chaprus in 1933 described her as, or said to his master, Charles V, who from France, um, your majesty must root out the ladies and her adherents. This accursed Anne has her foot in the stirrup and will do to the queen and the princess all the harm she can. She has boasted that she will make the princess her lady-in-waiting or marry her to some Valley. Mm. So really very early, she was blamed for everything that Henry did wrong. That being said, Henry famously was not an easy person to persuade or manipulate. So I don't think that that's a really fair accusation Mm. to lay at her feet. Like, yeah, okay, I'm pretty sure she was doing her best to try and manipulate him Mm. into marrying her. But the king was not going to do anything.
1: That he didn't want to do.
0: That he didn't want to do firsthand. So September 1533 is when apparently they had a secret wedding. Um, But January 1534, no, 1532 is when they had the secret wedding. 1533 is when they legitimately got married. Okay. Queen Elizabeth, uh, Princess Elizabeth at that point, was popped out Mm -hmm. nine months almost to the dot on that. They were now officially and legally husband and wife. They had a huge, lavish coronation. Everyone hated her. (laughs) I mean, none of this changed the fact that she was like they all saw Catherine of Aragon as still the rightful queen. Mm. This was not, divorce was not a recognized no. option. Yeah. So the fact that she was still alive meant that Henry was still married to her okay. in the eyes of everybody. most of England. Was she ever called queen? Queen Anne. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she yeah, was yeah. Queen Anne. Queen Anne. Okay. And in fact, if you go to Hampton Court, you'll see her initials are still in everything. Mm-hmm. She did a really quick job of rebranding. Mm-hmm. So Henry Eighth spent a lot of time carving him and his queen's initials into stuff. Okay. Like, they would all have an H and a K or an H and an A. In a and she went around real quick and put H and A everywhere. Okay. Um, and he did it too. He wanted he wanted people to recognize her as a legitimate heir. She was young. She was pretty much, they reckoned fertile. Mm. <laughs> like, yeah. that was all she, he needed in a queen. Here's another description of her. She is of middling stature with a swarthy complexion, long neck, wide mouth, bosom, not much raised, and in fact has nothing but the king's great appetite and her eyes which are black and beautiful and take great effect on those who served the queen when she was on the throne. She lives like a queen and the king accompanies her to mass and everywhere else.
1: Yeah, not super flattering.
0: No, no one really liked her. Um, She chose her motto as the most happy. That was her ha- her motto. Oh,
1: means have mottos. Yeah, I didn't know that.
0: Catherine's was humble and loyal. That's nice. Uh, Henry's mother was humble and reverent. The most happy, and hers was the most happy. Okay, which kind of gives you an idea of like the facile life way she went through life. Like yeah. it was not she wasn't famous for modesty or decorum. Mm-hmm. She just kind of bull- bulldozed. Great. Yeah. Okay. Um. So she had her first kid in august of 1533 Elizabeth. Yep, that was elizabeth and although it was obviously a huge disappointment because all the oracles and everyone had told the king it was going to be a boy they were still really happy she'd had a healthy baby Mm. within immediately immediately of getting married so that was pretty good you know you can't help it
1: how vague were the oracles about having a son
0: he, she shall have a child of which is maybe male, maybe female, probably male. Vague enough. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, so there was no reason to believe that she wouldn't have a son. a son the next time around. By the way, as soon as Elizabeth was born, Henry wrote to Princess Mary and basically was like, um, you're no longer Princess of Wales. Oh. Sorry, <laughs> Elizabeth is. Okay. Thus setting up like literal decades of warfare between, yeah, between, yeah, between yeah. these siblings. They also, just to give you an idea, rumors in court were like, I mean, court was just a rumor mill. Mm -hmm. If you imagine high school on crack with money, that is what Tudor court was. And one of the things that went around is that Anne, in fact, had delivered like a devil child, like a monstrous. Yeah. So he actually took the naked Elizabeth round to meet several continental ambassadors so that then...
1: So they didn't, so they knew she wasn't a demon. So
0: that she knew she was whatever. Okay. Why
1: didn't they just like, so what? So the Romans do all this adopting stuff. Yes. Why do the, why were the Britons so like into the birth? I know that's like the divine right to rule. Yeah, because
0: of the divine right to rule. Your blood is different.
1: It like actually, like is physically like different.
0: physically okay. different. Your yeah. blood is like a physical different, and that's not to say that there's not rumors of people like sneaking babies in in bedpans and like switching out children, yeah. and there's all that. Yeah, I'm sure that. But you know, yeah, it was blood.
1: You know, Romans had it had it. Like, it's so so stress free. It's just yeah. like just adopt a 30 year old.
0: <laughs> well, compared to these poor women who were legitimately just seen as a
1: yeah, a baby maker, a
0: baby maker. So. Unfortunately, Anne then had two or three, maybe, miscarriages. Mm-hmm. Um, there was definitely, she was pregnant in April of 1534. They think that maybe they ha- she'd had a miscarriage before then. And every time she went... So, there wasn't a lot of uh, conjugal visits because they didn't believe in conjugality while you were pregnant, mm-hmm. right? So, Henry basically she was pregnant. She was only married to him for like two and a half, three years. Mm. And she was on and off pregnant for the whole of that period. So Henry got pretty bored and started looking around I I mean, the fact that he was faithful to her for like six months was a miracle, I guess. So Henry started looking around and having flirtations and affairs with other women. So Anne started getting really freaked out by this and started having a much closer relationship with her brother who oh george not thomas i thought his name was thomas okay brother george who her and george then became like she she had no one else at court that she could really trust Mm -hmm. other than george so her and george and his wife jane became her like trusted confidence okay she was pregnant and she lost that child Again, she got pregnant one more time in June of nine, in 1535, and she lost it in January of 1536. Mm-hmm. And at that, it was, uh, I think she was six months, the baby was six months Evolved. formed at that point, yeah. and they could see it was going to have been a boy. And she has apparently said when she lost that child, I have miscarried my savior. Mm. So she knew that by this point, things weren't good. Henry was never... (laughs) Henry didn't like to not be liked, which I know sounds really... But he did a lot of stuff in secret, Mm -hmm. and it would happen very quick, like, happen very quickly. He'd scheme, and then you'd be dead.
1: Okay.
0: Like, there was no, like, breakdown of a marriage. I mean, she knew the writing was on the wall because she couldn't give him a son, Yeah. and he was having an affair. But I don't think she knew quite what was coming around the corner. So... He basically decided that the reason that Anne wasn't having a kid was because he was still legally married to Catherine. Mm-hmm. Then Catherine died. Mm-hmm. So therefore, he could legitimately marry somebody now. Yeah. Even if he took away for the fact that now his wife, if you... Okay, hang on. Let me start this again. Mm-hmm. So in the eyes of God, he decided he'd divorced Catherine and marry Anne, which would make Anne's marriage legitimate because his marriage to Catherine was illegitimate because she was his brother's wife. Right. Now Anne's not having a kid and he decides well that must mean his marriage to Catherine was legitimate, which would make therefore his marriage to Anne illegitimate. Illegitimate. Right. So
1: they both have to die.
0: <laughs> they well so then Catherine dies naturally. Yeah. Um Catherine dies naturally okay. in her convent somewhere. And that leaves Anne as kind of like, I guess at that point he could have been nice and been like, well, now nah, that legitimizes her, but he was already kind of done with her at this point. Yeah. So now he was like, okay, well, if I get rid of Anne, I can marry again. Mm-hmm. And this one, there'll be no doubt about the legitimacy of this <laughs> one's marriage. And then God will be happy. Yeah. And I'll get a son. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, there was an interesting argument that, Since he'd have an affair with her sister beforehand, Mm -hmm. he could, in fact, illegitimize his marriage to her based on that. Okay. And annul it. Yes. He didn't have to do what he did. Ah. What he did was accuse her of adultery, witchcraft, and incest. Oh, okay. um, Which obviously, therefore, made her a traitor. Mm. So, she was um, accused of all of these different things. And everyone thought it was ridiculous. George, her brother, was arrested as well, because obviously for the incest.
1: Yeah.
0: Stories were that he, she was having an affair with George. Mm. And then his wife testified that, in fact, they were having an incestuous love affair. Okay. Which carried her favor with the king. Mm-hmm. She was also, to all intents and purposes, kind of a bee. B. Uh-huh. Like, she got involved in a later one as well, later oh, really? queen. Like, she was definitely not, like... Great, yeah,
1: She wanted to be involved in some way, it sounds like, yeah. for whatever reason. Or, so, did she get any like, political pull from, from this?
0: I don't know. Her name was Kath- Jane Rochford. I do I vaguely know her name, but I think only in the context okay. of this. Um, okay, so then she would have been picked... So apparently she was told this in the afternoon, Went told that she was being accused of this in the afternoon, went and ate dinner, and then was picked up and taken ta- uh, to Tower of London. Okay. Um, where... She potentially... uh, There's rumors that she was disembarked at Traitor's Gate. This website particularly makes the... uh, And a woman called Alison Weir, who writes a lot about Anne Boleyn, uh, makes the case that actually she wouldn't have gone through Traitor's Gate. She was still royalty at this point, so she would have been brought in. Yeah. And she was also not going to be, like, thrown in a cell. No. Like, she was still the king's wife at this point. She hadn't been found guilty. So ironically she was also put in the same lodgings that she'd stayed in the night before her coronation 3 oh. years earlier yeah and the bit where she was held and this is important as we talk about ghost stories the bit that she was held known as the queen's apartments is not actually what is the queen's apartments now okay they've been rebuilt um so they were the current Queen's house was built in 1540, at least four years after Anne Boleyn's execution. So as Queen of England, Anne was tried by her peers. Mm. Her main charge was adultery. They uh, pulled out a few different men that she was supposed to have had an affair with. And adultery at this point was an act of treason if you were married to the king. Um, her uncle Norfolk pronounced the death sentence when mm. she was found guilty. And she was basically told she was going to get killed by being her axe head axed off beheaded beheaded that's the word thank you (laughs) head axed off head axed off so she was uh, executed on 19th of may they actually brought in an executioner from france who was better at executioning people
1: the best executioner
0: yeah and she said i've heard the executioner is very good and i have a little neck so she was all right with the choice What? (laughs) what is this I actually didn't know much about this stuff. I know a ton about the politics of it. Yeah. But the actual execution stuff is not really something I looked into. Mm -hmm. And so she ate breakfast at 7 a.m. At 8 a.m. the constable appeared, informing Anne that the hour of her death was near and she should get herself ready. Anne Anne gets a bad rep. Like, she was pretty pious. She was, to all intents and purposes, a flirt. Mm -hmm. I think that that is fairly well established, and obviously she wasn't going to be unflirtatious if she'd managed to flirt King Henry away from. And I think she was engaged to she was engaged well she was engaged to Thomas Percy before mm-hmm. Henry, so uh, but Wolsey helped get rid of that ah. problem for Henry. Yeah, yeah. So she dressed in a robe of grey or black, um, trimmed with ermine, which is ferret oh yeah, yeah. um <laughs> ferret lovely um and a crimson curdle underneath with an english style gable hood uh oh she used to dress in a lot of french clothes which was one of the reasons why the english didn't like her because ah. she got raised in france so she took a final walk out of the queen's lodgings past the great hall through the coal harbor gate along the western side of the white tower to... a lot of walking yeah this was a this part of the Amberlin website was a lot about where her stuff in like where these things actually took place. Okay. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um to the side of the White Tower to a black draped scaffold. Kingston helped her up the scaffold steps and Anne stepped forward to address the crowd, which included many people she knew. The crowd fell silent as they gazed on their queen. So, even though she had begged Henry to send her to a nunnery, pretty much at this point she probably figured It was done. These are her last words. Good Christian people, I am come hither to die, for according to the law and by the law I am judged to die, and therefore I will speak nothing against it. I am come hither to accuse no man nor speak anything of that, whereof I am accused and condemned to die, but I pray God save the king and send him long to reign over you, for a gentler, nor more merciful prince was there never. And to me he was ever a good and kind and gentle sovereign lord. And if any person will meddle of my cause, I require them to judge the best. And thus I take my leave of the world and of you all. And I heartily desire that you pray for me. O Lord, have mercy on me. To God, I commend my soul. She repeated several times as the axe came down to Jesus Christ. I condemn my soul. Lord Jesus, receive my soul. So as you can tell, she said some nice things about the king in there as he was. Why bother? Because she had a daughter.
1: Mm, oh, yeah.
0: And she was really... Apparently, the whole thing of her execution was basically scripted out for her. Mm-hmm. And she was told if she did it all, yeah. uh, Princess Elizabeth would not be subjected too much to mm-hmm. the pro- the sins of her mother. Yeah. That being said, of course, when you're a small child, and at this point, she must have only been three, maybe, mm to suddenly go from being Princess of England to the illegitimate child of a traitorous queen. Yeah. Was a bit of a jump mm. for her. So he got married to Jane Seymour 10 days after her execution. Good guy. <laughs> um, she was, that's the end of Henry VIII's part of what we're dealing with here. He's now off married to Jane Seymour. She died.
1: Jane. Jane or Anne?
0: Uh, Jane. Yeah, yeah. Jane died. So it's divorced. Yeah. Catherine beheaded Anne. Yep. Died mm-hmm. Jane Seymour, divorced again. Beheaded. Uh, survived. Okay. Okay. Just six
1: a, wives of six Henry wives
0: Eighth. of Henry VIII. Um. Okay. She, her uh, ladies of her ladies came forward and picked up her head. Oh. Um, which had fallen into a straw basket below, and. She was buried in an old arrow box since no coffin was provided because at this point she was a traitor. Mm-hmm. The box was too short, so her head was tucked in beside her. Her remains were taken to Peter, St. Peter ad Venicula, the church at the Tower of London, um, where she would later be joined by her cousin and Henry's fifth wife, Catherine Howard. Oh, my. Another beheaded. Yep. Um,
1: That's no so good.
0: <laughs> and um, what a busy guy. And also her brother on the got executed on the same day. Yeah. Okay.
1: Is that where they bury like prisoners or?
0: Yeah, I guess so. Okay. So actually what we're gonna talk to now is, that is unfortunately the very sad story of yeah. Anne Boleyn. There really isn't much evidence to say that she deserved anything that came to yeah. her. I, I think it's considered by most historians as very unlikely that she was having an incestuous affair with her brother it's impossible at this point to know Mm -hmm. what the truth was behind her accounts of adultery, but she was also accused of witchcraft. And so from day one, there was a lot of myths and legends built up around her. In 1876, Queen Victoria gave permission for the chapel at the tower of London to be restored on the condition that any remains that were found were to be treated with respect and careful records would be kept during the excavation, a skeleton thought to be ambulance was found in a place where she said, was said to have been buried. This is, again, Alison Weir, only two feet below the floor of the chancel. Um, Dr. Frenry Frederick Maut, the surgeon on the committee undertaking the excavation, examined the remains and recorded his findings. She was a female of between 25 and 30 years of age, a delicate frame of the body who had been slender and perfect proportions. The forehead and lower jaw were especially well formed. The vertebrae were particularly small. Um, so, actually, they found two skeletons then. One was Catherine, one must have been Catherine Howard, mm. and one was Anne Boleyn. They did some exca- looking at the skulls and comparing them with the portraits of the people. Mm. It appears potentially as though those two gravestones had been mixed, and actually, Anne Boleyn was buried.
1: Catherine's stone, yeah, and, okay. and
0: so they were slightly, um, but all the remains were at least 300 years old and were consistent with published descriptions, okay. So I don't think that they've gone back. I couldn't find any evidence that they'd gone back and done any. I don't even know if you could who you would DNA test these bodies against. Yeah. Um, did
1: Catherine have any kids, no, okay, so you wouldn't be able to tell with her at least,
0: no. Uh, Catherine, uh, legitimately did have an affair. We're going to talk about Catherine in a minute. Okay. Because she is the ghost that runs through Hampton Court. Oh, okay. So Catherine did not have any children. Um, it was, it was wife number three Mm. that eventually popped out a son. Okay. But she died pretty quick afterwards. Yeah. Um, and then Catherine did have an affair. There were a lot of Catherines just to confuse matters. Okay. So where does she haunt? Yeah um so she gets around like i said um i think the nicest haunting is at heaver castle which was her childhood home mm. uh which was bought in 1272 um and it was rumored that that was where henry would court her and you can still see her beneath the great oak tree that's still standing there mm. um being courted by henry or waiting for henry uh, you can also see her dancing and crossing. On Christmas Eve, she crosses the bridge over the River Eden in the castle grounds. Why? Uh, they reckon uh, it's a place that was very happy for that's
1: her. That's the confusing thing about ghosts.
0: Why that. do they cross the bridge on Christmas Eve?
1: So why would that be the place that they haunt when she died at... Well, no, um, she haunts a lot of other places. Yeah. Well, I, why would that be one of them, I guess? Because like my, my thing would be like she'd haunt near the Tower of London, not...
0: And she... Does. I'm guessing she just goes to Heaver Castle when she needs a so break. She de-
1: you, you, you are fully on board with Amber Cullen <laughs> haunting Heaver Castle.
0: Yes, I'm fully on board Great. that this is what happens. <laughs>
1: okay. And
0: it's where she goes when she needs a little holiday we from believe, her other hauntings. We
1: believe in ghosts now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's where she goes when she needs a break from her other hauntings. Okay. So. Uh, There's a couple of other places. We'll get to the two bigger places she haunts. We'll quickly skip to um, Windsor Castle. She has been seen standing at a window in the Dean's Cloister. Henry also apparently haunts Windsor Castle. So, you know. Um, And Elizabeth I haunts Windsor Castle. So they might have some... Family reunions there Jesus uh she apparently haunts Sal Church in Norfolk apparently her body was allegedly moved there okay uh I couldn't find out a whole lot of information that
1: and then what it had been moved back to
0: no it was apparently moved there I couldn't figure out if it was that was where it was reinterred after they after been- they mm-hmm. found it, but it didn't appear to be okay. it appears that they a discounting the remains that were found as being not belonging to her mm. and that she was moved by her family there. Okay. Like after, I'm guessing, like dug up and reburied so that she wasn't buried as a traitor. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's why she haunts that place. She also haunts Marwell Hall. Which is actually where Henry VIII and James Seymour uh, met and apparently planned their wedding, and she haunts Tree Walk there. I couldn't find any examples of her actually going okay. to there. Like, but it was where Henry was when she was ed- mm. executed with with Jane. With Jane, um, he had let, uh, he had arranged for a chain of beacons to let him know when the execution had taken place. Um, God, I hate this guy. (laughs) He's really, he's a real... He's a real jerk. He's a real jerk. Okay, she... Okay, so she also haunts Hampton Court Palace, where she is seen wearing a blue dress. She is described as walking slowly with a sad countenance on her face. Okay, so that was, like I said, not the great haunting I thought it was. It's also
1: not her, apparently, allegedly.
0: Well, no, that is her. Catherine Howard also haunts it. She does it in a more dramatic way. They do it together. Yeah, Anne just wanders around a bit depressed. A bit, a bit. A bit. <laughs> Catherine Howard's a lot more dramatic. Uh, she haunts Blickling Hall, which is a religi- allegedly where she was born. Uh-huh. Also a family haunting.
1: Okay, with, um, with Edward and. With, with Henry, No, sorry. with
0: George, her brother, ah. and her father, Thomas. Okay. So, George is on May 19th, the day that she was executed. You can sometimes see George being dragged around the countryside by four headless horses. Oh. Um, his headless ghost has also been seen wandering the grounds of the estate. How do you know it's him
1: if he doesn't have a head?
0: I don't know. <laughs> I'm assuming he has a head when he's been dragged around by the four headless horses. Oh.
1: Hey, have you guys listened to the head the Headless Horseman episode? That's a really good
0: one. You should go listen oh, to Oh, that it is a good happy. one, actually. Um, her father, apparently so upset that his children all ended up executed, was cursed for a thousand years to drive his spectral coach over the 12 bridges that lay lie between Waxham and Blickling okay. um, on the 19th of May. I kind of want to go to Blickling Hall on the 19th of May. Oh. It does sound like if you're going to find a ghost... Going to be in Blickling Hall? Blickling Hall on the 19th of May. And Anne herself on the 19th of May is said to return to Blickling Hall, I guess to watch her father and brother get dragged around headless.
1: Um, does, does she have a specific haunting date at... at uh, I almost said Morton Hampstead Palace, and that's not No, at Hampton
0: Court. No, no, just a...
1: She's just a general haunting. Just a
0: general okay. haunting. Um, on this one, a carriage comes up the drive leading to the hall, drawn by six headless horses and driven by a headless coachman. Anne sits inside, dressed in white and holding her severed head in her lap. When the carriage reaches the front doors, the horse and carriage disappear, and Anne goes inside the hall to roam until daybreak.
1: Why can't she do that at Hampton Court Palace?
0: I don't know, I guess she's not connected yeah. to it in the same way.
1: I've, there's just so many stories.
0: There's so many... I know, she haunts a she lot. She gets
1: around, yeah.
0: She's a real haunting... Are these all in, like, the same county, these places? Um, I don't think so. The uh, we'll Blickling travel. Hall is in Norfolk. Okay. Tower of London is in London. Yeah. Hampton Court is just outside of London. So, no, she's traveling. Mm. But she has her six headless horses to yeah, do it with.
1: I mean, it makes sense.
0: Uh, okay, so... Interestingly, and this was just a kind of random one that I have no idea where it came from. Mm In 18th century Sicily, some peasants of the village of Nicolausi believe that Anne Boleyn, having made Henry VIII a heretic because he had to renounce the church, was condemned to burn for eternity inside Mount Etna.
1: Mount Etna? Hmm.
0: Um, apparently this legend was often told for the benefit of foreign travelers.
1: It's his fault he had an affair? Or it's her fault that he had an affair, so she has to now burn in the- the... Yeah. Oh, that's kind.
0: It was the eighteenth century.
1: Thanks, Catholicism,
0: and and because she was a witch. So that's yeah. the other thing. Like a lot of these things. So
1: is her ghost? Does her ghost show up in Sicily, or is it just like it's? Just... It was
0: like legitimately a throwaway comment. I have oh, not okay. been able to. Okay. Like I found it somewhere, and I was like, oh, that's That's weird that a village in Italy have a <laughs> in Sicily have a feelings on ambulance. Have,
1: have, have a whole haunting about ambul. Yeah, especially I'm assuming that that Mount Etna's in Italy. I'm assuming. Yeah. So that's weird. Is that just where heretics go to burn?
0: No idea. Literally, <laughs> didn't even bother getting into it. It seemed like a whole rabbit hole. But uh, it was
1: just a portal to hell.
0: I don't know. But that, that if you're in Sicily, look it up. Yeah. I guess. All right. So now I'm going to tell you about Catherine Howard. This should be give me that dramatic ghost stuff. quicker. I'm hoping. So Catherine Howard became the fifth wife of Henry Tudor, King Henry VIII. Uh, she was born in 1522 um, into a prestigious Catholic family she was her first cousin was Anne Boleyn oh great (laughs) so Catherine's mother died when she was young and she was sent to live in the house of Agnes with the Dowager Duchess who basically ignored her so she was left to basically run feral Mm. she couldn't read or write And she was given way too much time compared to what noble women were allowed to do. So she became flirtatious and resulted in illicit relationships with young men. She had an affair with her music teacher called Henry Mannix when she was 15. She then took a gentleman's usher by the name of Francis Durham as her first lover. Um, So finally, the dowager got wind of the fact that her... Her daughter was, in my opinion, just living the life of an enlightened woman. Yes. But the dowager was obviously horrified. Yeah. And blaming herself had Catherine whipped because that's the way to
1: how you solve that problem.
0: That's how you solve that problem. She was apparently very beautiful, though, so the Duke of Norfolk figured if she was gorgeous and easy, like, let's send her off to court and see who she could... What she could... See who she hooked. See who she could hook. And it's the king! <laughs> yes, she did. So she was sent in Tampton Court to be a lady-in-waiting, and... uh Just as he'd hoped, Henry became obsessed with how pretty Catherine was, thinking she... Oh, and apparently they kept all of her playing around Ah, at home. A little bit. uh, Very quiet. Yes. And Henry referred to her as his rose without thorns. She was 19. He was 47.
1: He'd also had three wives before this. Two wives before this. No, four Four. wives before. Four. She was the fifth.
0: She was the fifth. And uh, she was sweet and kind, but was very just very much into the clothes and jewelry. She was 19.
1: Yeah.
0: And pretty. So she married Henry in 1540. Not a difficult one this time because his previous wife had unfortunately passed away. And she kept having to give people who knew all about her affairs positions as her (laughs) ladies-in-waiting. And she still couldn't keep it. Wrapped up. In her pants. So (laughs) (laughs) she started a new love affair with a man named Thomas Culpepper. Oh wow! Yeah, for wondering why this is interesting is because we actually live in a town called Culpeper in Virginia.
1: Yeah.
0: So, his job was to attend to all of Henry's special needs, mm. and I'm guessing he
1: had a few. Uh,
0: yep. Yeah. Oh, here we go. And Jane Rochford, the that yeah, yeah, turned yeah. in Anne Boleyn, who was one of her ladies-in-waiting, encouraged the affair between Catherine and Culpepper.
1: Oh, is this the one who... Is this the other one she yeah. got involved with?
0: Yeah, okay. George's wife. Yeah, yeah. The brother, yeah, yeah, the yeah. incestual... Yeah.
1: The not incestuous, maybe incestuous. Maybe
0: brother. incestuous, but certainly not a great wife. Because at this point, his, her husband had had his head cut off, and mm. she was... It was her fault. It was her fault, and he was. she was still messing around at court. So... She didn't do... No one... Catherine was an idiot. I mean, like, seriously. I I say this not lightly. Like, she was an idiot. Yeah. Like, Henry had killed one wife for infidelity. infidelity yeah. And, and infertility. Um, yeah. And she failed to knock out either a son or, or stay or, faithful. Yeah. Um, and she was really obvious about it. Yeah. So what was Henry supposed to do? Like Obviously, he
1: has to kill her.
0: Obviously. So, no. Uh. Henry, first of all, kind of denied it all, but... Uh, Actually, the Archbishop of Canterbury built a whole case against her, Mm. submitted it to Catherine, and really there was nothing that Henry really could do at that point. It
1: was sort of... It just was.
0: It was what it was, um, and she was held at her apartments in Hampton Court for adultery. She think she
1: saw the ghost of Anne <laughs> in, in Hampton Court, and was like, "When I die,
0: I'm doing that. Going to be bad." <laughs> well, so what happened was, at one point, she escaped and tried to find Henry, pleading for her life. She like sprinted, wouldn't go there, sprinted through the halls of Hampton Court, screaming for Henry. Apparently, he was in the chapel at this point, the chapel where him and Anne Boleyn got married, I believe. My God, um,
1: this man can't escape his ghosts. Nope, and he, does, and he doesn't deserve. She to
0: was do dragged it. screaming back to her rooms. Her former lovers, Mannox, Durham, and Culpepper, were tortured and executed, um, and she would have passed their gruesome, impaled heads on London Bridge as she, too, was taken to Tower of London. You were still doing
1: that in the 1500s? Yep. Ugh. She was beheaded in
0: 1542 at the age of 21.
1: What were her final words, since she didn't have any kids?
0: I don't think it says anything here. Or did she have
1: children? They just weren't sons.
0: She No, she didn't have any didn't children have any at all. Children. Here's a horrible. Here's a horrible thing to send you to sleep at night with the legendary tales. After the executioner chopped off her head with an axe, he held it up for the crowd to see. She would have remained alive for eight seconds after her head was removed from her body because it takes that long for the lack of oxygen to cause unconsciousness. Which means she likely saw her own headless body and the crowd good before Lord. she died. Lord.
1: Okay. Cool. Uh, she haunts English history. It's she
0: good. haunts two separate places. Good. Tower of London, because you know she died there, and Hampton Court Palace, where she has become known as the Screaming Lady of the Haunted Gallery, because everybody says if you hang out in the haunted gallery, I mean, like many people have said, if you hang out in the haunted gallery, that you can sense something isn't really right. Yeah, that um, the, the grace, the people who live at Hampton Court, because lots of people live at Hampton Court, um, can hear screams in the gallery. Um, one radio interview that was being conducted in the area had to shut down because their equipment all stopped working. Mm-hmm. In 1999, two female visitors to Hampton Court, each on separate tours a half hour apart, fainted at the exact same spot in the gallery. Um, and uh, some researchers have actually said that all of these things came at the same couple of points in the haunted gallery, all these different weird instances. Yeah. Mm. So if you stand there, you can hear her yelling, screaming for her life and then getting dragged back, screaming to her apartments to face execution. Wow. So that is the haunting of Henry VIII's wife. Yeah.
1: <laughs> that was just Anne Boleyn, was it? It was everybody, all of them. The other three have haunting, do hauntings as well.
0: I don't know. I haven't looked into mm. what they do on there. That's interesting. Post uh, ghosting. In <laughs> do they do lunch?
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, that'd be miserable.
0: Um, do they all get together and have like have tea? Tea? Uh, no, I think that probably if I had to hazard a guess, mm.
1: Catherine probably doesn't haunt anywhere.
0: No, she, I would have thought first Catherine probably a little miserable on her deathbed, but like she, she was lived. one. of... <laughs> yeah, but she was also one of those women that like to all intents and purposes, was just, like, stoic as, yeah, like...
1: Just just got on with it? She was
0: like, this is my job. I yeah. marry kings of England, I pop out babies, and, like... Oh, you
1: mean as a queen?
0: She yeah, was like she that. was just like that. So I'm thinking in death, she probably didn't she feel like she had unresolved issues to yeah. come back and haunt people you think,
1: with. Did she do any... What Are there any writings of, of hers from when she was at the nunnery or does she just sort of fall off the map? I don't know, I goes. haven't looked.
0: No, 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 she was really quite active. Okay. Even like she Henry VIII was still like I believe he would talk to her and consult with her about Anne Boleyn. Like they were <laughs> friends and it's not, and and she didn't super oppose the whole thing. Yeah. Because she hadn't had a son. Yeah. And her whole thing was like, I get that he needs to have a son. Yeah. So I don't think it was as contentious between the two of them as you might imagine then. Yeah. And he'd been having a lot of affairs before then. So like she
1: she probably I mean she wasn't stupid.
0: No, no, no. Um and yeah, so
1: Then was the the second one was Jane?
0: Well, then Anne. So we know she's haunting. Then Jane. Yeah. Uh she she died. Um, shortly after childbirth or in childbirth, I think. Um, and Henry, I mean, she. No, I don't think she's haunting. Okay. She did the right thing.
1: And who's the fourth one?
0: Catherine Howard. Oh, Catherine. Wait, oh they, no! There wait. Were, there had to be a. a... Oh, he divorced. Um,
1: ooh.
0: <laughs> oh, this is bad. Okay. <laughs> I'm
1: taking away your your my
0: history I'm degree. Taking away
1: your degree.
0: Okay, give me two seconds. All right, here's a real quick lesson in history: Henry VIII's ones. Catherine of Aragon. Yes, died in an an didn't have a nunnery. Then a nunnery didn't have a son, okay? Anne Boleyn. Decapitated. Decapitated, caused the end of catholicism in England, <laughs> lots okay?
1: Of, lots of ruckus. She
0: did a lot in three years. Jane Seymour died after having uh, given birth to Edward, who was the heir that- That, uh, yeah. that Henry needed. Oh, Anne of Cleves. It was uh, a strategic six-month marriage, apparently.
1: Strategic in what way?
0: If I remember correctly, he...
1: Anne of Cleve.
0: Yeah, so after Jane Seymour, Mm. he didn't want to marry again. He was like, I've got my son.
1: Yeah, I don't need to do any more work. I don't
0: need to. I got this. (laughs) I'll raise this. Um, But then she was... uh, It was an alliance. Okay.
1: Was there a war happening?
0: Yeah, I think it was someone in Germany. She was German, maybe, Cleve. And he saw a portrait of her weirdly, in The Tudors, I believe she was played by Josh Stone. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> Which is weird because a friend of ours works for Joss Stone. Well, and she lives in Lustley, right? Yeah, and she lives just around is the corner. And
1: the Cleve Cleave.
0: Oh, maybe. Oh, well, I don't know that that was... I don't know if that's... <laughs> I don't think
1: those two things are related. No. It's funny that she would play Anne of Cleave living in a village where the, the pub is called the Cleave.
0: So, I believe that he saw this painting of her, said, okay, sure. I'll marry her. And then she showed up, and he was like, Oh, no. <laughs> uh,
1: That's no good.
0: Uh, he, uh, he was like, Nope, you don't look like that. I, oh boy. No.
1: So they only were married for six months.
0: Yeah. And, and she, they didn't really like each other. And did it, even, it did, I don't think it was ever consummated. Was, did it even result in like a positive political push for either of them? Apparently she was known as the King's sister until she died. Like they weren't. Oh. Like it was just, <laughs> this was just not, he didn't love her enough to kill her.
1: Did he, <laughs> did he have enough, Um. did he have to go through that whole hullabaloo of getting divorced again?
0: Like, I he, don't know whether it was a divorce or an annulment to okay. be fair, technically at that point. Then the next one was beheaded in Hornshampton Court. And then the last one was Catherine Parr who outlived him. Oh, there was another Catherine. Yeah, no, he married a lot of Catherines.
1: And two Anne's.
0: Yeah.
1: Three Catherines.
0: Two Anns, three Catherines, and a Jane. Uh, interesting. Um, and the last one was apparently just like a sweetheart. Yeah. You would think that you wouldn't want to. I mean, honestly, who would want to be Henry VIII's sixth wife? Nobody. I, it's such a dangerous job. Yeah,
1: it's not and and like the it doesn't last for very long, it sounds like.
0: No. Um, anyway, so that is Henry VIII's Haunting Wives.
1: Yeah.
0: Which I think is actually a fairly legendary, pretty like in line with what we do kind yeah, of. Yeah, no, that
1: was good. Uh, that was a. Uh, kind
0: oh, of episode yeah, for that me. Yeah, great. But sometimes I do. Uh, it was history related, history mm. adjacent.
1: Yes, but also lots of ghosts.
0: But also lots of ghosts. Which we like. And beheadings and stuff.
1: All, all sorts of nasty political business.
0: All right. So next week we're doing India. Yup. And in the next week we're doing
1: a Halloween special, maybe.
0: Well, or we are going to do a Halloween ha- special. Yeah.
1: We just don't know in which format we're going to
0: yeah, do. Yeah, we just haven't decided what yeah. we're doing. Um, and I was like, maybe we should tell ghost stories. And then I realized I cannot tell a ghost story.
1: Well, here's the thing as well as like, you mean like, un- like, like unique ghost stories or ones that we like find on the internet?
0: Legitimately either. I'm too sarcastic to do it.
1: Well, no, because it's, it's also, like, whenever I look... Like, when we started doing this podcast, I remember looking up, like... I think because one, one week we were going to do campfire stories. Yeah. And if you look up campfire stories, they're, like, a paragraph long.
0: Ghost stories are really not good.
1: Not for like, this. Not for this format.
0: Not for this format. And what we were doing, even these ghost stories, like, I pulled up, what, six ghost stories of Anne Boleyn?
1: Yeah, but they're, they're all, like, three sentences long.
0: None of them are actually interesting enough to hold a podcast no, because you're,
1: like, oh, she... Walks around looking sad, or like yeah. some women fainted, um, and the electrical equipment stopped working. And it's like, okay, like that's not a lot to go on. No, it was like, and it's interesting, but like obviously there was a lot of historical backstory, yeah, which ended up being, in fairness, more interesting than the ghost stories.
0: Yeah, but it gives you an idea as to why she perhaps doesn't have unf- why she has oh, yeah. unfinished For business. Sure. Absolutely, you could totally believe as to why these guys would hang around.
1: Oh yeah, if I were Henry, if I were one of Henry the yeah. If I were one of Henry VIII's wives, I would definitely be launching something as well.
0: Okay, so that was The Legendary Tales. We'll see you next week. We Bye. might have a Minnesota coming.
1: Bye. 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 Bye.